Welcome to Season 2 on Table Radio. Today's sermon is from Sunday, January 16th, and is preached by Andy Withrow. Enjoy! We're continuing our series on the parables of the kingdom from Matthew's Gospel in the 13th chapter. And this is the first parable we're exploring. So listen to this. This is the very beginning of the chapter. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. He told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell along thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then, a little bit later on, the disciples come and they ask him why he's speaking in parables, and he has a little discussion about that. We'll get to that a little bit later. And then he explains to them the same parable he just said in front of all the crowds. He explains to them in private, just him and the disciples. He says this, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And for as for what was sown along rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown on thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold and another sixty and another thirty. So we're going to tackle the parable of the sower, or as some would call it, the parable of the four soils over two Sundays. For our first installment, we'll look at the big picture of the parable, and then next time we'll take a more focused look at the four types of soil. So in Matthew's gospel, just to give us the setting of what's happening here, where we're at in the story, Jesus is going all over Israel, like all over it, all the cities, all the towns, all the villages. He's preaching in synagogues and teaching to the crowds everywhere. He's not holding back. This is very important. He's preaching and teaching all about God and the kingdom of heaven to any and all. And the kingdom of heaven, is, as we heard from Anna last time, is the place where God is present and he's ruling, and he's reigning, and his will is being done. It's where it's, uh, and if it, the idea of a kingdom is too abstract for us. Another image the Bible gives us is the city of God. Imagine living in a city where God is present, and his justice and his mercy are being worked out in our midst. That's the image. And so Jesus is going all around teaching on this kingdom, this city of God. You might remember, if you read through Matthew, chapters 5 through 7, commonly called the Sermon on the Mount. That's three solid chapters of Jesus teaching on this kingdom of heaven, or the city of God. It's likely this was not a one-time event, but a sermon or a series of sermons or teachings that Jesus 
would regularly preach and teach as he traveled all over Israel. He wants everyone to hear it. So by the time we get to Matthew 13, six chapters later, Jesus has been teaching a lot. And one of the reasons he starts teaching in parables is because his teaching is starting to be rejected. It's starting to cause problems. In fact, it seems to be more rejected than accepted. And if you want to go back and read chapters 11 and 12, you'll see this consistent theme throughout those two chapters. But as the parable of the sower makes clear, this rejection of Jesus' message can't be because Jesus isn't getting it out there. When Jesus tells the parable of the sower, part of the emphasis is on where the sower sows. It seems the sower isn't very discriminate. A path, rocky soil, weed-infested ground, they're all included. It's probably not where most of us would bother sowing. But this sower doesn't seem to be concerned about running out of seeds. And the point is potent. I have not held this back from anyone. Inside information about who God is and what the kingdom is about and why and what the kingdom is coming and what's going to be like, that's for everybody. You can't get more universal than this. And if you've read any of the Bible, doesn't that just remind you of who God is. Remember Genesis 1, very first chapter of the entire Bible. God can't stop speaking creation into being. He speaks and light happens. He speaks again and day is divided from night. He fills up his creation with good things all by his words. So too, Jesus is speaking the word of God into the lives of everyone he comes across in his day, regardless of who his audience is. He's saying this is for everyone. And yet, for all his preaching and teaching, so many people do not receive his message. And it even looks like Jesus' message might be failing. He's meeting more and more opposition to what he's talking about. And this is, could this be a sign, rather, that Jesus maybe wasn't sent from God? that Jesus didn't really know about God's kingdom and God's ways. Wouldn't we expect God's right-hand man to know what he was talking about and to be successful? It must have been a thought in a lot of people's minds. Perhaps this isn't Messiah after all. By the end of chapter 12, right before the parable of the sower, even his family is coming to get him. So, okay, enough is enough. They're trying to interrupt his mission. We might expect God's person to be more obvious, more in your face. We certainly wouldn't expect God's mission to fail. This must have been on Jesus' mind as well, for the story of the sower and the seed highlights this tension for us and for his audience. Seeds, they're hard to see. They're easy to lose. Seeds are vulnerable to hostile conditions. They're very small. Throw some seed on a worn path, it's not going to take root. Sow it on rocky soil, the root won't go down deep enough. Sow it among weeds, it won't get enough sunlight and water. Jesus is very aware, very aware that much of his teaching, it's not taking root in the lives of those who are listening. He is aware that from the outside, his mission very much appears to be failing. And he knows that it's going to look even more like a catastrophic failure before it's all said and done. 
It's a common theme in many of his parables, leaven, mustard seed, that what he's doing now doesn't appear very impressive. But it's the next point that makes all the difference. Because for all this apparent failure, the story always ends the same. The parable always ends the same. Jesus preaching and teaching on the kingdom of heaven, on the city of God, will result in an unimaginably high rate of return. This payoff will more than make up for all the seed that was lost, for all the teaching that was lost. And it's not even close. Imagine a 30 times return on your investment. What is that? That's 3,000% rate of return. The numbers Jesus gives are astronomically high, and that 3,000% rate of return, that's the lowest of the three examples he gave. Some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30, Jesus says. It's the same basic idea of the parable he'll give later on of the mustard seed, something deceptively small that you almost can't see becomes the largest of all the bushes. Jesus is comparing his message, which is deceptively small and even hidden and appears to fail. He's comparing it to a seed. Jesus knows that what was hidden and hard to see will become obvious and impossible to miss. That's the potency of God's word. I wonder what we could compare this parable to today. We might think first of God's word being everywhere. And isn't it? I once read read that the average American, maybe North American, has something like seven Bibles in their home. And maybe that's changing. Maybe that's a few decades old. But even so, comparative surveys reveal that they're rarely, if ever, read. seems that we're both saturated with and also completely ignorant of God's word at the same time. The word of God is definitely everywhere in this sense, but it's not seen or heard. Likewise, there seems to be no shortage of access to preaching or teaching on God's story, on what God is saying, even really great teaching. But again, saturation does not equal hearing, consuming, taking it into oneself, really listening. Maybe we too, like the people of Jesus' day, are expecting something different, something more like fireworks or some big fanfare to introduce the reality of God and his goodness. But it looks for all the world like a worthless tiny little seed that might not amount to much. And there are bigger things to hold our attention, aren't there? Encourage our hopes, bigger things to guide our dreams. And besides, it sure looks like this word in this kingdom, maybe they're not working. At least in our corner of the world. For all of us, I wonder if Jesus were with us today, and I think that he is, that he wouldn't tell us the same exact parable. It looks tiny and invisible. Yes, it looks like it wouldn't amount to much. Uh Uh-huh. It looks like it's not working. Yep. And yet, so potent is that seed hidden underground, that seed of God's word, that even the few that fall on the good soil and can take root and take in all that sunshine will completely overshadow all the seeds that didn't take deep enough root. And some will issue in 10,000% rate of return. 
some 60,000% and some 30,000%. Can you think of other ways in which God's word is everywhere? Does this change how you think of God? God, we give you thanks that according to this story, to your story, you want everybody to know. You do not hold this back. You're not keeping it from anyone. Would you give us hearts to hear this, to take deep root? And would you produce that fruit of your kingdom, all those things we've talked about of peace and justice and mercy and goodness and love? Would you fill our lives and our cities with it? In Jesus' name, amen. listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by Richard Charter. For more information, go to richardchartermusic.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.